Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 11 to 1. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. Good morning. Hope you're keeping well. You can get in touch. WhatsApp and text lines are open. 086-1800-658. Everything she does is magic. You are listening to LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. The magic is upon us. Oh my goodness me. It is Christmas week. It's after creeping up on me. It's after creeping up on the whole lot of us, I think. (laughs) And the excitement uh, is well and truly building. It really is at this stage. And, you know, with the excitement and everything else, it can come the feelings of overwhelm at this time of the year. It really can. And uh, because there's so much to do now this week, isn't there? Particularly for people like me who aren't very organised there's like a list a mile long of things that need to be ticked off and it can be overwhelming. So my message this morning, this Monday morning in the run up to Christmas is just be kind to yourself a little bit. You know, it really isn't going to matter if you don't have all of the trimmings for the Christmas dinner or if you forget about that neighbour who needs a bottle of wine. You know, it is about being around the people you love. That's what it's about. So let's just... Just have a breath and just kind of calm down in the run up to Christmas. Because we do, we all get caught up in that, don't we? We be guilty of that. Getting caught up in the planning and the preparation and the hustle and bustle. So this week, try not to get too overwhelmed. Just take a breath. It'll all come together in the end. It really will. Actually, I do find though a list is a great thing. There's nothing more satisfying than ticking things off a list. So yes, do that. Do that if you have to. Uh, Now, I have lots on the show today. I'm really excited about our competition this week as well. It is the ultimate competition for Game of Thrones fans. Stay tuned for that. I'm going to give you the details of all of that very, very shortly. Also, Steve Wall from The Stunning. Now, you might have been like me watching uh, that brilliant series with Emily Blunt, uh, The English, uh, which has been on BBC. It's a six-part series that's been on BBC. And I was stopped in my tracks because I didn't realise that Steve Wall from The Stunning actually plays Thin Kelly in that series so I can't wait to chat to him all about that he did um, originally want to be an actor way back when uh, but the music took off first and then he returned to acting later in life he started off actually his first uh, kind of breakout role was in Moon Boy he played uh, the kind of haphazard uncle in Moon Boy if you recall 
and he's had lots of different roles. He starred in a Ridley Scott thing and lots of different roles uh, in the last while. So the acting's really taken off for him as well. So I'm going to be chatting to him all about that. But the stunning are coming to the Crescent Concert Hall on December 30th, which is going to be brilliant in the run, you know, into kind of New Year time. Plus, you know, live music at this time of the year as well. Nothing can beat live music. And particularly The Stunning are renowned for their live shows. So we're going to be chatting to Steve Wall all about music, all about acting, all of that. So lots to get through on the programme. And we've plenty of music, including Christmas festive hits for you. Here's Sleigh Ride from The Ronettes. Oh, it's a lovely one. Sleigh Ride by The Ronettes. Now, the Christmas spirit is in full swing this week and Christmas kindness is in full swing as well because uh, staff from Drogheda Credit Union took to the streets of Drogheda and East Meath, Dunleer and Trim very recently with gifts, with gifts from the community. They had uh, basically, they were given different gifts to strangers in random act of kindness ahead of all the festivities of Christmas and the campaign was created to lift the spirits of local people and their families and bring sort of that ethos of Drogheda Credit Union out into the community. So really, really lovely to see the staff doing this. So everything from vouchers for local shops, flowers and and sweet hampers and the kindness continued as well of course to charities because they had uh, their annual donations to St Vincent de Paul also Drogheda Homeless Aid and Drogheda Samaritans as well and they also donated to Monaster Boys Tidy Towns and St Kevin's GAA and Nave Martin GAA as well and in fact this year alone Drogheda Credit Union donated €60,000 to local organisations through various fundraisers and through their community uh, donation fund and they plan to continue all of that giving in 2023 as well. So if you are involved in a charity or an organisation who needs funding, they are encouraging you to write to the board of Drogheda Credit Union outlining your request and they do this every month. So fair play to the staff. Spread a little bit of Christmas joy around the place uh, the last few weeks. Now, I want to spread joy on the t- today's show, uh, particularly for fans of Game of Thrones. I'm going to be uh, doing a very interesting competition all this week and it's for the true fans now of Game of Thrones. You're going to need to kind of put your facts and all your kind of fan trivia to the test with this quiz. I'm going to tell you all the details of it after these. 11 to 1. How would you and the family like to have a tour of the world's first and only official Game of Thrones studio? It's in Banbridge, County Down. I'm giving away passes all this week. Details of that competition on the way. First, back to the music. Here's Niall Horan and LMFM's 11 to 1. Niall Horan and Anne-Marie, our song and LMFM's 11 to 1. Everybody knows this song. Mm, yeah. Iconic theme song from Game of Thrones and this week Tourism Northern Ireland is giving us family passes every day this week to the world's first and only official Game of Thrones studio tour in Banbridge County Down it's an unbelievable opportunity for visitors to immerse themselves in an expansive collection of costumes props sets and weapons and to discover the artistry that designed the Seven Kingdoms and brought the story of Game of Thrones to life on screen so it's giving you the chance to walk through iconic sets of King Landing and Winterfell as well as delve deep into the world behind the screen from the earliest concepts to the jaw-dropping final cuts and this studio tour is a family-friendly experience Would you and the family like to go along to the Game of Thrones studio tour in Banbridge County Down? I want to send you there Okay, this is a question now for real Game of Thrones fans all this week, okay? 
and I think this is easy because even I know this and I didn't even really watch this I've watched for the first and second season that's all I watched of this right but name the character from Game of Thrones that was pushed out of a window and ended up crippled what is that character's name in Game of Thrones he's a young character and I can say it to he as well that's loads of clues so name the character from Game of Thrones that was pushed out of a window and ended up crippled do you know who it is 86 658 if you know the answer. Don't forget to put your own details on it as well. And we're going to pick a winner for today very, very shortly. So 86 658 Hudson Taylor, how I know it's Christmas and LMFM's 11 to 1. Keep all of your answers coming in. Lots of people getting it right for our Game of Thrones competition. 86 658 Now, you could say he's a king. He has a castle. He's certainly the king of whiskey. We're going to be chatting to Alex Cunningham, co-founder of Slain Whiskey Distillery. We're going to be chatting about the huge growth in Irish whiskey, both here and abroad. We're going to chat to Alex after these. 11 to 1. After years of woe, it seems Irish whiskey is roaring back with sales in the US rising substantially. So much so, it looks like Irish whiskey could potentially overtake Scotch in the next little while. Since 2010, Irish whiskey has grown steadily in popularity and where we once just had four distilleries in operation, we now have 42 operating here in Ireland, including one at Slane Castle in County Meath, which was established by Lord Henry Mount Charles and his son Alex Cunningham about five years ago. As a relatively new kid on the block, Slane Irish Whiskey has been enjoying tremendous growth too, recording an increase of 44% on the previous year and is now available in every US state. So why has Irish Whiskey become so much more popular now? Alex Cunningham, co-founder of Slane Irish Whiskey, is with me now to discuss. How are you getting on, Alex? Very well. Good morning. Great. Christmas week, hey? The excitement is building. It really is. And the really panic. <laughs> the excitement and the panic. Thank you so much for coming into us. Now, it's something that I've noticed kind of ever so slowly kind of creeping upwards and upwards. This popularity of Irish whiskey. I mean, is it, you know, because like for a drink that used to be, say, associated with, say, a man of a certain vintage, Alex, you know, we're even seeing younger people drinking whiskey now. What's the reason? How is this happening, this growth? I think um, it's it, it's flavour first and foremost. You know, there's a definite move towards brown spirits in general, uh, but uh, there's also a movement towards uh, spirits. So, you know, uh, beer, like craft beer is doing well, but I think people are just more interested in flavour forward drinks. And you've got to remember that Irish whiskey, you know, was the biggest whiskey category in the world prior to prohibition in the US. And so we're kind of reclaiming our territory but the profile of the whiskey drinker is changing as well. You know, you've got more women coming into whiskey and, and enjoying that. So the female palate um, and then, you know, the growth of cocktails and the explosion of the cocktail scene, I think, has driven people towards flavors. People are making cocktails at home and they're just looking for something that uh, that tastes better in the glass. And I think Irish whiskey is our national drink and uh, we need to be proud of this, you know, because you can't make Irish whiskey anywhere else. Well, this is it. It is our, our, our national drink, as you rightly say, and it had kind of been forgotten about for so long. But I mean, what about pop culture? You know, you have people like Rihanna and Lady Gaga singing about it. You have, you know, Mad Men, uh, including it like in, a, in pretty much every scene. This has to have contributed to it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Cultural influences are huge, you know, and one of the reasons myself and, and dad, and it was his idea to start it the whiskey brand was because we're known obviously as as one of the world's great music venues and music and whiskey have a very long relationship uh, together and so it was a natural kind of progression for us but I think those cultural 
you know, yes, the TV series like Mad Men definitely, you know, and this is uh, seeing people drinking kind of whiskey neat in a, in a way that hadn't really stylistically been seen for some time. Uh, lots of musicians have tapped onto that. Yes, that it's in many lyrics now. Um, so, you know, King Kings Leon, I remember when they play the Whiskey Floods the Table is one of their yeah. great lyrics in one of their songs. So I think um, I think music has done its fair bit film. Uh, but ultimately, it's, it, it is because people are just looking for a better quality drink. And, and I think Irish whiskey is very accessible, easy to drink, but packs plenty of flavour as well. Yeah. And, you know, funny as you say that, uh, something kind of more refined to drink as my husband started drinking this recently. And he's like, I feel like really rich when I drink whiskey. Is yeah, that a well, thing? A, that's nice. I mean, there's a little bit of kind of aspiration. It is a treat, you know, yeah. I think. Um, you know, anyone in, in, in alcohol, which which I'm in as an industry, you know, it's about less and better, mm. you know, so treat yourself. Uh, but, you know, our core blend is still a very accessible liquid. It's not a, it's not an ultra premium. Uh, you can get it. I know uh, I just did a tasting there in uh, Super Value and in, in Nav and actually just recently and, and they've got it on special at 25. So, you know, that that that's a very accessible yeah. price point. Uh, which means uh, you're getting a, a good flavor drink at an affordable price. And that's really what we wanted to do is over deliver on flavor for the price point, you know. So talk to me about the, the Stardust Lane uh, Irish whiskey, because really, as you mentioned there, it was very much a collaboration with yourself and your dad. Whose kind of brain wave was this now? Well, if you know dad, he has quite a few brain. <laughs> he ones, does. Right. No, um, so I had a background in, in Irish whiskey. I was a brand ambassador uh, back in 1999, uh, I was posted out in Australia and I was working in the Irish whiskey category then. I stayed in it for a couple of years and then and then did various different things in between. And in around 2008, Dad recognized that he had built up this amazing brand awareness around Slane for the music, um, but that we were overly dependent on that as well and we needed to diversify. And if you have a project like Slane Cost, and I call it a project because it is our home, I live there, but it it's also a business mm. and you have to diversify your income streams to keep the show on the road. And uh, I was out walking at the front of the castle and dad suggested whiskey. And it made a lot of sense because, uh, A, we both, we, you know, we both enjoyed everything around uh, that industry in terms of, you know, the consuming of it, the stories that go with it. It's national, you know, it's Irish identity. But uh, we're lucky enough to have land. Um, and on that, we grow, uh, we grow cereals and that includes barley and of course that's one of the main ingredients you can make Irish whiskey from and then the beautiful river Boyne which flows through the heart of the estate and that's actually our water source so back in the day there were a lot of distilleries here in Drogheda uh, but also in Navan and they were all there because they had access to the land for growing the raw material and the river for the water uh, and then on top of that we have this beautiful collection of buildings next to the castle that were the old farmyards and stable yards and grain stores and that is now where we have built the distillery. And it's so transformed there. It really is. It's it's incredible looking. So, I mean, one doesn't obviously just establish a distillery overnight. There must have been a lot of challenges, learning curves, that kind of thing that you hit along the way. Yeah. I mean, look, any any business, uh, you're going to have your ups and downs. And uh, we started on an absolute shoestring and it was a lot of fun. Myself, my dad and, and uh, I and my stepmom, we, we kind of, we put in the shoe leather and we, we went out to the U.S. with Slane Castle whiskey initially, which we sourced uh, from the Cooley Distillery at the time. And the liquid was 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 good. But what we proved was there was an interest in the story uh, of whiskey attached to Slane. So we did that until about 2012. And then we lost our supply 
uh, because the Coolie Distillery was acquired by another entity. So no more liquid. So we were either out. Uh, and I remember going to dad and saying, I've got good news and I've got bad news. And he's like, what's the bad news? Well, dad, I'm sorry, we've we've lost our supply of whiskey. What the hell's the good news then? Uh, well, we have to build our own distillery. And uh, he kind of laughed and said, I don't, I don't know if that's good news because it was a massive undertaking. Yeah, huge um, risk as well. Huge yeah. risk because we had nothing to sell at the time. But uh, dad is a very determined individual. I like to think like myself. And we'd proved that the, that the concept of whiskey and slaying could work. And we knew we had access to our own raw material in the river and this amazing collection of buildings. So we then went on this journey and initially people thought we were crazy because they're, they're on the national list of protected structures. Yeah. But I've always thought of buildings as living things. Yes. You know, and what we wanted to do was to bring them back to life. Uh, and so ultimately we, we designed uh, a very traditional distillery, um, but we couldn't have completed it without the partnership with Brown Foreman. Um, who are the owners of Jack Daniels and, and Woodford Reserve and other great uh, brands. And they basically, they partnered with us in 2015, acquired the company, and then that injected the funds needed to build a distillery. So that's when the vision became reality. And it was an amazing moment. Yeah, I, I can, I, I, absolutely. I can I can see it. You know, you're painting the picture so well. Um, so talk to, t- talk to me about the process then. How does the distillery process work? So a distillery um, is uh, it's a very natural process, really. Um, so the first step really is is it's like making beer. So you're you're taking barley from the land. Uh, there's really only uh, the barley, the water, and the yeast. That's it. So you effectively grind up uh, without getting too tactical. You grind up the barley. You add your hot water to dissolve the sugars. Um, and we use both malted and unmalted barley, depending on what type of whiskey we're making. Uh, then you put in the yeast. The yeast converts the uh, the sugar into carbon dioxide and alcohol, uh, plus all the flavor notes. Uh, and then you that's your brewing. So that's uh, like about 8% beer, roughly. And then you send that forward to the stills where you're basically boiling it uh, and the alcohol comes off. You then con- That condenses, you collect it, and you end up with what's called new make, uh, which would be like a pochine, basically. Okay. A really clear, beautiful, fruity very characterful liquid, and then that goes into a barrel. And under the rules for Irish whiskey, it has to be a minimum of three years. And that's where it acquires a lot of its flavor, the interaction, the magic that happens between the wood and the spirit. And after three years, you can call it whiskey. Now, it may need longer than that, and we'll never release anything until it's actually ready. Um, so that's it. You know, you just got to let it lie. And then when it's ready, you've then got uh, a liquid that's acquired all of the color from the wood. Uh, whereas it would have been clear going in and then it's developed all of this complexity, but it is all natural. You know, there are, yeah. there's nothing in there that, that adjusts the flavour other than basically a natural process. So a lot of patience goes into this. And, you know, is it like wine as well? Like the longer that it's left in the barrel, the better quality it is, the more kind of then expensive, obviously, that it will be? Yeah, well, it gets it gets more expensive for a couple of reasons. Firstly, <clears throat> um, you you lose a little bit. Um, because through evaporation, because oh, wood course. is naturally a porous material, so some will escape. So you lose about two percent a year, and then you add on another percent. So if it's uh, uh, so, that's the formula for working out your rate of loss. So you just have less liquid in there, and obviously you've got to pay to store that and let it lie, and you've got to hold it for its entire period. And that storage needs a roof and walls and everything. So there are costs to doing it. Uh, and you do need patience and you've got to have the capital to be able to carry it before you yeah. can sell it. Um, and then um, it does improve with quality. Uh, 
over time. But the biggest impact probably comes in the early years, and then it's more delicate impact as as it gets older. Um, and then, of course, you can either release that as a single cask, or you can blend different casks together. So there's a whole slew of different types and, and ages and everything else. Yeah, That's and it's magic. it's a real art form, the whole process of, of the distilling and, as you say, all the different types. Because, I mean, I literally, the thing that comes to mind straight away is like, right, well, single malt. Like, for the novice like me, that's literally all I know. But there's loads of different types. There are, yeah. So single malt, which is one of the types we make at Slane, um, it is certainly one. And that's just made from 100% malted barley. And it's, it's a batch process. Uh, and then... Our definitive native style of Irish whiskey is actually something called pot still, uh, where you introduce unmalted barley into the mash bill. And it's more complicated to make because you have to crack the starch in the unmalted barley. But what you actually end up with is um, is a whiskey that's a little kind of has a lovely creamy mouthfeel, some natural spiciness to it as it gets older. Um, and that really came around in Ireland because of the malt tax. So um, <clears throat> the taxes that Irish whiskey in, in, in its early heydays was doing so well and it was all leaving the country, but there wasn't much tax being collected. Yes, of course. Uh, so they actually started taxing the imports. So what was coming into the distillery, they introduced uh, a malt tax. And then the Irish distilleries obviously didn't want to, you know, wanted to reduce that liability. So they started introducing unmalted barley and they didn't probably understand entirely why it worked but it actually produces a, a fantastic other type of whiskey. And then the last type is grain whiskey, which you make in column stills, and you can use that for blending. And Slane is a little unusual in that we make all three types. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, okay. And in terms of accompaniment, that kind of thing, you know, like what, I mean, what's the best way to enjoy whiskey? Because I've seen people drink it, you know, over ice, just on its own, neat, with a little dash of water in it, mixed with something else. What is the proper way to actually enjoy whiskey? And what should you have with it? Yeah, so uh, my answer always to that is drink it how you want to drink okay. it. And don't let anyone tell you that you should or shouldn't drink it a certain way because we're all different, you know. Um, but Slane is designed to be flexible. I think when you're tasting whiskey for the first time, what I would generally do is, you know, always use the nose, like never never go straight. Yeah. Never go straight. In. <laughs> you might get because, a shock. <laughs> because, you know, when we're um, when we're testing batches in, in the distillery, uh, Dr. Greg Cahill, who's our master distiller, incredibly talented man, like most of the sensory analysis is actually done with the nose. So, you know, enjoy that before mm. you take your sip. Do it neat initially, uh, depending on the strength of the whiskey, uh, and then have a little sip. Now, when you have your first sip, it's going to fill the mouth, and then you need to breathe a few times, and then have another sip. You okay. More because you know you're you're hitting it with relatively strong alcohol, so that's always going to be a little bit of a shock to the system. And then, if you've enjoyed that experience, you need to keep drinking it that way. Yeah. Or you can add a little bit of water and open it up, and that will reveal a little bit more. And then, in terms of what you drink it with, it really depends for me on the occasion. Yeah. And and perhaps the time of year. So. You know, we're in the cold days. Thanks for you just coming out of the, yeah. the hard freeze. But during that, like a hot toddy is a classic. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and, uh, and there's loads of different recipes for that. And, and uh, the Irish are very good at making them. Uh, so, uh, you know, I would typically do mine with, I, I like to maybe use uh, orange instead of lemon because it's got that nice kind of sweetness. And then you can use your cloves. Uh, star anise is a lovely one to use as well. And another one actually is um, you can do it with uh, warm apple juice as well. Oh. 
well, that would be really nice, nice kind of around this time twist. of year as well. Yeah. yeah. So that's lovely. Bit of star anise in it and you don't have yeah. to do much else. Oh, that's a lovely idea. Yeah. yeah. And this week you're extremely busy in the run up to oh, Christmas. Yeah. You've got so much going on. You've yeah. had Christmas markets, all that sort of thing yeah. going on at the castle. Yeah. So the distillery itself uh, is open Wednesday uh, to Friday this week. So and we've got a beautiful gift shop there. And um, I actually bought you one of the ones. So oh. there's, a, there's a there's a couple of whiskies you can't get uh, you can't get anywhere else but the distillery. Uh, so this is actually the batch strength. So this is slain the core blend, but it's uncut, right? So it's a okay. cast strength. So I've I've inscribed this bottle for you. And oh, you're so kind. Thank you, you can, so much. You can fill your own at the distillery. Oh my goodness, that's so, that's, so lovely. That's a fun. And uh, he's got and my name and everything on this. Yeah. Fantastic. So, okay. So that that's a high strength. It's basically slain, uncut, and, and less filtration. So that's a, that's a, a really good drop. And then we've got the extra sherry wood, which is also available in in travel retail, but you can't get it anywhere else in Ireland. So that's got a higher proportion of the sherry, and that's a delicious whiskey as well. So yeah, the. Great, like, great gifts for people, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So the store is open, and then uh, and then in between Christmas and New Year, uh, we're open in there as well for a few days. So slainirishwhiskey.com has all of the details, and then it's full on at uh, at, the, at the castle. We've still got our brunch going. That's open in between uh, uh, Christmas and New Year, and then actually on Rock Farm. So I wear a lot of different hats, <laughs> but uh, we've got our farmers market on um, on the twenty first to the twenty third because, amongst other things, we actually rear organic turkeys. We're yes, one of, one of the few organic producers in the country for those, and uh, so we've got turkeys and hams and lots of other food producers. So if anyone's looking and hasn't got their Christmas dinner sorted, that's a really nice place to come and get all of the produce uh, up there. And that's all available at rockfarmslane.ie as well. And, and of course, it's full steam ahead. You've got Harry coming to the castle next yep. year. Uh, you've got the rock side of things. The concerts are still going ahead, everything like that, which is fantastic to see as well. Yeah, I know. Um, like we start, you know, Dad started the gig, so we're delighted to be back next year. I think he's picking out his dress uh, at his dad. <laughs> uh, no, it's, go- it's going to be a great one. I think he'll knock it out of the park. Um, you know, we've done a lot of rock gigs and it's it's good to shake it up. And, yeah. and Harry Styles is one of the biggest artists in the world. It's actually partially because of the technology. It's it's the fastest sellout we ever mm. had. You know, uh, so he's he's huge. I think it's going to be great. And the supporting, it's going to be fun seeing Inhaler on the bill in, in particular because... Um, you know, Bono played with you 2 in, in, in 81, the first gig. And I think that'll be some moment for him watching his son grace yes. the, the stage that he did Amazing. 40 years ago. Yeah, so it's going to be a good show. It really will. Well, I wish yourself and your dad and everybody every success with this going forward. I'm delighted to see that the, the, the whiskey is doing so, so well. And a very happy Christmas to you and all the family. Yeah, happy Christmas. Thank you so much, Alex Cunningham there. As Alex mentioned, slainirishwhiskey.com. That's where you're going to find all the details of the whiskey and what you can buy and all the different events. 21st to the 23rd, that farmer's market for all the lovely food producing uh, people around the area are going to be gathered together for that. So that's happening the 21st to the 23rd. 11 to 1. <laughs> LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 777 Bah humbug today. It's the Christmas Carol back to the year 1843. A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens is, Dickens is published. 6,000 copies sold at that time. And t- uh, today is National Hard Candy Day, sometimes known as Boiled Sweets. Hard Candy dates as far back as the 
ancient Egyptians who would make their own version of candy which was made from honey and they'd mix various nuts as well as fruit and of course today's are made exclusively from sugar so hard candy day today LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie He's front man in one of the biggest Irish bands from the 90s. They are coming back to perform in Drogheda over the Christmas. We're going to be chatting to Steve Wall after 12 News. 11 to 1. There's Train, Hey Soul Sister, kicking off our second hour. Sinead Brazel here with you till one. I hope you're keeping well. You can get in touch. WhatsApp and text lines are open 86 Now I have the ultimate competition for Game of Thrones fans this week. Yeah. I have teamed up with Tourism Northern Ireland. We are giving away a family pass every day on the show this week to the world's first and only official Game of Thrones studio tour in Banbridge, County Down. It's an unbelievable opportunity for visitors to immerse themselves in an expansive collection of costumes, props, sets and weapons and discover the artistry that designed the Seven Kingdoms and brought the story of Game of Thrones to life on screen. So it's 100,000 square feet of an interactive experience and uh, it gives visitors of all ages the chance to walk through iconic sets of King's Landing and Winterfell as well as delve deep into the world behind the screen so you can check out the earliest concept drawings to the jaw-dropping final cuts the studio tour is very much a family-friendly experience so we're giving away a family pass each day so it's for the ultimate Game of Thrones fans okay so today's question for you name the character from Game of Thrones that was pushed out of a window and ended up crippled it's very easy I think 86 658 I can tell you it happened in like I think season one and it's a boy is what I'm going to say to you okay so the character from Game of Thrones that was pushed out a window and ended up crippled what's his name 086 1800 658 and we'll pick a winner towards the end of the show now time to check in with the world of celebrity The Buzz on LMFM keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app Hi, I'm Crossy. Austin Butler presented Saturday Night Live over the weekend. Austin played Elvis in the biopic of Elvis earlier on this year. And he's been praised for his emotional monologue. Here it is. My mom is no longer with us. Um, But I've been thinking about her a lot this week. Just imagining how proud she would be that her son, who used to not even be able to order food for myself at a restaurant, is now standing on this stage. And tonight, just know that any time you see me doing a silly voice or making a funny face, that's for you, Mom. Uh, Mamma Mia fans could be in for a Christmas treat. Director Ol Parker has hinted that the third installment of the movie could actually happen. Speaking about Mamma Mia recently, Parker said the franchise was always supposed to be a trilogy and that there's been mumblings of an idea for the third. Pokemon fans were gutted over the weekend when Veronica Taylor, who voices Ash in the series, is bowing out of the show. Not only that, but Ash is bringing Pikachu with him. Here's the character Ash announcing the departure on social media. I mean, being a Pokemon master is great, but I still have so much to learn and to teach others. So, to all you Pokemon trainers out there, don't worry. There will be many adventures ahead. It's not the end if we continue to travel together. 
Remember, I choose you. That's the buzz. I'm crossing. The buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Yes, and more buzz with Eddie Caffrey on the drive a little bit later on. Now, back to the festive tunes. Here's Shaken Stevens. Merry Christmas, everyone. Now, uh, a lot of people have been glued to the series starting um, starring Emily Blunt called The English. And I was very surprised to see my next guest popping up in this. Now, I knew he was a talented actor, but it was fantastic to see Steve Wall among the cast of this fantastic uh, series. Now, Steve is going to be putting his other hat on, his music hat on, because himself and The Stunning are going to be taken to the stage in the Crescent Concert Hall in Drogheda on December 30th. I'm going to catch a word with Steve just after these. 11 to 1. Formed in the early 90s, The Stunning soon became one of the biggest bands in Ireland, touring relentlessly and building a huge loyal fan base. Their debut album, Paradise in the Picture House, was the first debut album to go to number one in Ireland and stay there for five weeks. And it's still considered one of the best, most beloved Irish albums of all time. Songs like Bring Up a Storm, Half Past Two, Heads Are Gonna Roll, always have everybody rocking out uh, with their high energy live shows. The band have won every music prize going and after a 10 year gap reformed and proved to be still as popular as they were when they first started out. They are returning to Drada over the Christmas period to perform in the Crescent Concert Hall. I'm delighted to be joined on the line now by frontman Steve Wall of The Stunning. How are you getting on Steve? Hi Sinead, lovely to talk to you. Great to have you on the programme. Now can I ask you first of all about the English because my God, I've been absolutely glued to this series as well as everybody else and I had no idea starting out watching this that you were part of the cast and you were incredible in this. You have that total rugged cowboy look going on, Steve. <laughs> I was born to be a cowboy, Sinead. <laughs> I was born for that for this role. It was basically, for me, it was a dream come true to play a cowboy, to be, um, you know, wearing... All, all the gear, the six gun, the big Stetson, and sitting on a horse, and then uh, I got to ha- I got to grow a huge moustache as well. So yeah. it, it really was a dream come true. <laughs> because uh, this, you know, I, I heard that you auditioned for a smaller role, but they actually called you back to play Thin Kelly. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. I had to audition for an, another character that um, was just in, featured in one episode. And then they came back to me and they said, would you reach for this character, Kelly? You know, he's sort of like a central character to the thing. He's he's like the original cowboy. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the rest of the... The man movie. with no name kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, you know, so he's the one that they refer to for, you know, knowledge about everything like the changing seasons and the cattle and Indians. And, you know, he, he just, he's sort of like born of the land. He's hewn from the rock. And... Uh, He's the one that, I mean, there's a flashback episode. Episode four is a flashback episode when these English uh, immigrants arrive and he's showing them around, you know, this is the, the land that they're going to make their big massive cattle ranch on. You know, he's kind of showing them around where the boundaries are and they come across some Indians and he's basically telling them, no, leave them alone. You know? Yeah. And uh, so he's got respect for the for the land, the Indians as well, and uh, he kind of understands that they rely on him. But... You know, immigrants, um, like back then, I suppose America was being carved up. So all they're seeing is opportunity and they don't want anything to stand in the way of profit. This is it. And and, and and Tim Kelly, as you say, has this kind of respect for everything. And, you know, it's a, what's great as well about this is, like you say, there's a bit of development to him. He has an arc, you know, uh, you're in pretty much every episode by the first one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was it was wonderful. Like when I when I was told that I'd gotten that role, I was up to the moon. 
um, because then they sent me all the scripts and I got to read it and I was like, wow, I'm kind of really looking forward to doing this. The shoot was put back a couple of months because of uh, COVID. And um, so I had lots of time to work on the yeah. accent and all of that. So, I mean, the, Hugo, who wrote and directed it, um, he grew up himself in Montana um, when he was a teenager for a number of years. And um, he based the character Thin Kelly on, on this guy he called his godfather. Oh. You know, so there was a, there was a guy who took him hunting, and um, uh, he, this this man used to um, do a bit of kind of you know chopping trees and stuff like that. And he yeah. sold the wood to um, the, there was an Indian reservation up there, and he sold wood to the Indians. So Hugo got to meet all of these uh, Native Americans, and he hung out with a young lad as well that was roughly his age. And uh, so he was he based in Kelly on somebody that he knew, you know. Yeah. And um, so it was great. Hugo had a very clear idea of what he wanted him to be. And he was very particular about the accent. He wanted the accent to be from the northern states, Montana, Wyoming. You know, so I, I had time during the... To develop the, all to that. work on that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and what was it like then, you know, working on a horse? Because that's a whole... <laughs> oh, they're kettle of fish. <laughs> the animals yeah, well, don't like to cooperate sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, well, the, the, those Spanish horses were amazing. And uh, it was a shot in Spain. It was an area about an hour and a half north of Madrid, very high ground where there's actual cattle ranches there. So, And uh, Hugo said it looked just like Wyoming and Montana. It was amazing. So um, the, we, we did some lessons here um, in Ireland before going over. And then another couple of horse riding lessons over there. I had done bits now. I wouldn't say I'm good at all. <laughs> At least I had enough to be able to yeah. control the horse and um, do a bit of cantering. And, you know, I was determined that I wanted to <laughs> try and do some stuff. I mean, all actors are the same in that regard, you know, wanting to kind of not let the stuntman do everything. Yes. So any any kind of um, really ultra fast galloping across the prairie, that wasn't me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was, but... Uh, any sort of stuff where you sort of like arriving into a scene and, you know, maybe a smart, a, a, a short um, canter or a yeah. or, and, and And just actually, the horses were amazing anyway. So, I mean, there was a long, I had a long scene with a character, I think you may not have seen it yet, but there's a character called Tap O'Neill, played by an Irish actor called Tyke, Tyke uh, Kelly, and, uh, or Tyke Murphy, sorry. And um, that was a long scene. It was like four pages of dialogue. It's cut down a little bit now. They they, they lose some of it because it was quite long. But the horses were amazing to just sort of, you know, sometimes when they get bored towards the end of the day, you have to be a bit firm with them because they yeah. start messing. They start biting each other and messing around like that, you know, teasing each other. So you got to keep them under control. Actually. Yeah. yeah. There were some funny times when, you know, you're trying to do a scene and the horse decides you must have turned around <laughs> the other way and literally <laughs> turn around. <laughs> you know, so there, it, it was funny, but Hugo said, uh, it was funny after the end of the shoot, I said to Hugo, so, you know, they say never work with children. And, yeah. Uh, and I said, so is that the last of Westerns for you now? And he said, no, he said, I would gladly shoot Western, Westerns for the rest of my oh, life. Okay. So, so he's yeah. bitten by the bug. He's bitten by this. Absolutely. And, and talking about being bitten by the bug, acting bug came before music bug, I believe, for yourself. Yeah, well, I suppose the music bug was always there. You know, mm. I, I grew up in a household that was, you know, it was always music playing. My mother played a lot of music on records and everything from classical music to jazz and, 
you know, kind of, she was mad into um, Motown as well. Oh, brilliant, yeah. And all that kind of stuff. So there was a lot of records in the house. So we grew up hearing great music. And um, so I suppose music was something I, I always, like when I was in, when I went to college, the first thing I wanted to do was join a band, you know. So um, I was in a kind of, in a band in Galway called New Testament, <laughs> kind of new wave band. We were all like dyed black hair and mascara. Love us. Full of so, angst. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Joy Division. Yes. Influence stuff. And uh, so then it was after that, you know, I was in, in the band for a couple of years. Um, and then I kind of decided I really wanted to pursue acting because I went in for the Leaving Cert. Like I did apply to colleges, um, yeah. acting, acting colleges in the UK, in London, you know, the famous ones and all, but I didn't get into any of them. I kind of didn't expect to. It was a long shot. Um, so when, when I left college then I went to the Druid Theatre Company and I just walked in and asked for a job and I ended up doing kind of all kinds of things in there for a couple of years sound operator you know walk on parts understudy work that kind of thing and then then I moved to Dublin to try and pursue an acting career and I mean this is pre-internet days so you, you didn't know what was going on what of course happening. yeah it's like kind of word on the street sort of thing literally yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was told you had to there was two pubs you had to drink in to find out, <laughs> to find out what was going on that <laughs> <laughs> the old old style Ireland um, kind of uh, communication <laughs> system you know go to the pub you'll find out what's going on <laughs> so um, yeah so after like a year of just not getting anything um, and not been able to get, kind of break into the Irish kind of theatre the Dublin theatre scene um, I just started, decided to start a band because it kind of dawned on me one night you know, you can start a band. You don't need anyone to point the finger at you. And yeah. Now, now you can work, you know. So this is when you put the ad in for, you ad, said vocalist yeah. looking for a band. Was that kind of the vibe of it? It was. It was yeah. I put an ad in Hot Press, actually. Oh. And it was like, you know, vocalist seeks. And it was the first time I'd referred to myself as a vocalist because yeah. I'd never sang before. Oh, right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I had been a guitar player in this, in this uh, other band, New Testament, but I wasn't a singer. And so this time I thought, you know what, I, 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 I'm going to just go for it. And um, and I went to the rehearsal room and, in, in Dublin and, and I, I did meet some good Dublin musicians, but the band kind of then happened down in Galway because um, Cormac, who, who plays drums in the stunning, he was the drummer in New Testament. Oh, fantastic. So you roped him in. So I kind of, you know, I, I roped him in. You roped Joe, your brother in. And I roped Joe in because Joe, even though he was a couple of years behind me in school, we we really bonded musically. You know, yeah. We were listening to the same stuff and he was learning guitar, <coughs> I was learning guitar and all that. So, but, you know. Kind of came, it, was, it was natural then, natural kind of progression. Yeah. But yeah. talk to me about the name because I'm always intrigued by how bands land on names uh, and I googled this last night to see if there was like a story but nothing came up for me. So who yeah. came up with the stunning and did you ever regret the name because some bands tell me that they didn't like the name initially but it just kind of stuck. Yeah, I, it was a stunning was a funny one because I I was obsessed when I was a young lad with the, all the Irish sagas and folk tales. I was absolutely obsessed with them, like Cúchulainn and everything. Oh yeah, and I was a real nationalist. I had um, you know, a lot of kind of uh, older men, men my age might remember um, Action Man. Oh, I remember Action Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Action Man was this kind of doll. Now it was a British Army kind of a, like a man's yeah doll. <laughs> well, Action Man used to be the Ken to my Barbie. When there yeah. was no Ken in my house, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So Action Man was it was it was, uh, it, was it was made in, in the UK, and it was a British arm, and you could get all kinds of things from you know a parachute and a yeah. jeep and kind of 
you know, he had all kinds of hats and guns and all, but it was British Army stuff. And um, I when I was at national school, um, we had a teacher at one point, and he was a, re- a real Republican. And I remember he had us every morning singing all the rebel songs, and he'd read from um, uh, an Irish history book. And I remember one day when he was reading about the, the um, our patriots being uh, executed in Kilmain in jail, and I remember noticing a tear running down his face. So he was a real passionate yeah. Republican nationalist, and he imbued this into the, all this whole class of young lads, including me. So I went home, I got rid of all my action man's British <laughs> costumes <laughs> and I dressed my, I got my mother to make a Coo Cullen outfit for my action man. <laughs> <laughs> so the action man had a, he had a sword um, made from a lollipop stick. Love it. From, from a little piece of white linen, he had a kind of um, a toga type, uh, he had a toga type, um, sorry, hang on, let me get rid of this call, someone's... Uh, Someone's trying to get through to me on my phone. Okay. <laughs> so basically, he was dressed up as dressed up as Cullen. Yeah. And um, and that's kind of yeah. That it's oh yeah. It's getting back. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. <laughs> getting back to the name. So in I was reading uh, is it translation of the Torn. Oh, very good. And there was a description in that of this weapon that Cullen had. And I can't remember, was it the spear, the gay bulgar or something? But the literal English translation of this weapon was a stunning gift. Love it. It it was sort of like if you got hit with this thing, it was was basically fatal to be be struck a blow by this uh, weapon. But the Irish translation was the stunning gift. And I remember just thinking, I kind of liked the idea of that. And uh, so how could he use that in a name? And then it just kind of, abbreviated down to the stunning. I absolutely love that story. <laughs> that is the most brilliant story ever. Plus, I'm going to say now, even like that, we're going to sort of claim it a little bit here because of all the connections to Cucullin and the Thorn area here. I'm going to just say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is a local connection now that we have with yourselves. Yeah, yeah. This is brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. So that's where the name came from. But like, I mean, you know, it's such a lofty title, Steve. Did you ever feel like, oh God, we better live up to this? Look, you do, by the way, but did you ever sort of go, oh God, this is a bit maybe uh, grand of a t- title for us? Yeah, the stunning. I know it, <laughs> it was one of those ones that kind of felt like, like I never thought that we would be sort of in our 50s and still playing <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> and, you know, if you were a band called The Young Lads or something like yes. that, you know, it might be quite <laughs> embarrassing to get older, but I've kind of liked the stunning. It's sort of, it's a funny one. Like a lot of people absolutely loved the name. Oh, the name and, is amazing. It is an amazing name. Yeah, I remember we did a gig years ago. We um, we used to gig quite a lot with the Pogues as well on the bill. We'd oh, end fantastic. up doing gigs in London and all, you know. And I remember um, uh, meeting Shane, and uh, and he was he was Shane. He was a bit kind of grumpy, like whatever. And he says, uh, he said, "What's the name of your band?" And I said, "The Stunning." And he said, "Stupid name." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, well, what about yours?" <laughs> <laughs> we, were like, <laughs> we were like two teenagers, two kids, like you know, slagging <laughs> each other over a name, stupid name. And I remember, I always, I always remember that. But then other people would say, "Oh, I love the name, the stunning. It has a sort of 
brashness to it, you know. Oh, it really does. It really does. And, you know, you guys, like, I mean, you really talk about slogging it out. I mean, particularly at the start, you know, paying for for the release of your, your first few singles, you know, organising your own gigs. Things are so different now, you know, like bands coming up now can just post on social media. Do you ever feel a tinge of resentment for bands that might get a start from, like, a viral video? I don't, in a way, because, like... I, I, I think one thing that a, a lot of people kind of have um, don't realise now and, and younger artists and everything that actually success is just as much about longevity as it yeah. is about having an instant kind of a hit. And I've I found that there's an awful lot of artists and uh, acts these days that will have this kind of sudden um, a song or a video will take off on social media and it's everywhere. But six months later, everyone's forgotten about it. And oh, this gone. is this, yeah. And we're, whereas I think kind of, I mean, we started, I think our first gig was in 1987 and it was wow. a gig we organised ourselves in the Hilltop Hotel. <clears throat> we were one of the first bands in Galway to put on our own shows, you know. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of, in Galway at the time, there was a lot of free music in the bars, bands playing covers and all. And, you know, I decided earlier on we weren't going to do that, that if anyone wanted to see us, they had to pay in. Oh, that's and, great. And that was the sort of, that was our mantra from the beginning, you know. And in a way, like, it meant that you played a bit less, but you mm. had control over. So we booked our own shows, um, you know, in, in the beginning in Galway and then and sold them out. And then you created a kind of a... A buzz, I, I suppose. Yeah. Band, you know? Yeah. So, so longevity is a thing, I think, that if somebody really wants to be a musician and wants to do that for the rest of their life then you've got to look on your career as something that you know you've got to be in it for the long haul yeah and I mean you guys definitely are a testament to that and I mean talk about like you know I mean it can be rare for bands to you know finish up and then you know years later get back together and still have this huge level of success like you've such a loyal fan base which is fantastic but also it's down to as you say the longevity of you guys you know the powerful songs uh, that people just resonate so much with and you guys are like absolutely kick-ass live band I mean is this all the key elements here to, to kind of the, the secret to your success and longevity yeah and I, I think becoming a great live band is, like I think the Stunning are a better live band now than we were in the 90s mm. like it's just and I suppose it's experience and um, the band have kind of uh, have matured as musicians as well and in the intervening years I mean people have played with other different artists myself and Joe had the walls as well and of course yeah different guys have played with the walls and you know, Jimmy and Derek were in the Saw Doctors for a good spell after the stunning. And uh, then Jimmy plays a lot of um, traditional music. He plays with Christy Moore regularly. You know, he's a fantastic bow on percussionist. And he plays piano and trumpet and all kinds of things. But, uh, and Cormac is the busiest of all of us. Cormac plays, he's a session drummer with so many different bands and recording sessions and all of that. So they've all become better musicians. Yeah. Uh, over the years. And, um, it's just, it's it's great playing with uh, seasoned players, you know. And that's something that comes with in, in the long term, you know, yeah. through experience. Yeah, and totally. And like you say, playing with different yeah. bands and, and in different scenarios, it's only going to hone the craft. And I mean, you know, look, there's such a huge, huge appetite for live music, particularly now since everything with the, with the pandemic. I have no doubt that you're going to absolutely lift the roof off the Crescent Concert Hall when you come back to Drogheda. Well, it's we haven't. Pl- I I was going through my um, 
diary and my online calendar and all doing a search. I cannot find the last time the stunning played in Drada. I don't know when it was. Well, do you know, I might have be, I might have a little memory for you. I might jog a memory. This is kind of cool, right? I was talking to Imelda May earlier, or way earlier this year, and she had a great story about the time when she was about maybe, oh, I think she might have been 16 or 17, 17 and she snuck out on her parents uh, to come to your gig in Drada. That's right. And she told me that years <laughs> yeah. ago. I met, met her at a gig somewhere. And she snuck out of her house in Dublin. Yes. Got on a bus and went to the, travelled to see us in the boxing club in Drogheda. That's it, yeah. I think we were the last band to play in there. It might have been. I think the last show was stunning because I remember that night and there was a, there was a big hole in the roof and there was a pool of water (laughs) in the middle of the floor. People were standing around it. <laughs> That's hence the last gig. But uh, let me tell you, it's a full, lovely facilities there down the Crescent Concert Hall in Drada when you perform on the 30th. And, you know, things are flying as well. As you mentioned, the walls there. I did hear a rumour that yourself and Joe will have new music out with the, with, with the walls next year. We will, yeah. We've just been getting artwork done to this album called Stray Sparks. And, um, and it's, a, it's a gorgeous collection of music that we hadn't you know, rarities and unreleased tracks. And it's really good. I'm quite excited about it, actually. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Well, listen, you might have to come back and, and have a chat with me when that's uh, ready to be released yeah. to the world. But it's been lovely chatting to you, Steve. Thank you so much for that uh, fantastic story behind your band name as well. <laughs> I'm going to remember that one. Uh, very much looking forward to you seeing yourself and the guys back on stage uh, on the 30th. Uh, but wishing you ever success as well with the acting uh, and, and the music. But thank you so much for chatting to me. Thank you. And there's still some tickets left for the 30th. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Good. Ideal Christmas a, present, isn't it? There's a, a, a fella from, um, I think he's from County Mead or Loud, I'm not sure where he's from, Gavin Fox, and his band are opening for us. So oh, brilliant. It'll be a great night. It will. It really will. Listen, have a great Christmas and thank you so much for joining me. You too. Thanks a million. Bye, bye, bye. Steve Wall there, the stunning. They're going to be performing in the Crescent Concert Hall, Drada, December 30th. You can get the tickets on sale from the venue right now. 11 to 1. Yes, it's our Game of Thrones competition in association with Tourism Northern Ireland. I have a family pass for the official Game of Thrones studio tour in Banbridge to give away today. We were asking you to name the character from Game of Thrones that was pushed out of a window and ended up crippled. It was, of course, Bran or Brandon Stark. I want to say congratulations to Sonia Clark. You are going along to that studio tour. But don't worry, we have another chance for you to win on tomorrow's show. We have another family pass to give away. But congratulations, Sonia. There's the Jackson 5 ABC closing out our show today. Thank you so much for your company as always. Have a great rest of your Monday. We'll chat to you tomorrow. 11 to 1.